gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. And this is the first outing the maiden voyage. The first time we set sail for the brand new podcast, Engine 54, with your boy Marco. I'm gonna be doing this, talking to my dear friends and family, talking with some of my favorite musicians, artists in the biz, and about the progression, about the path, about the movement, the process of becoming a musician, the touring life, writing, recording. Uh, the business stuff, booking, we're going to get into all of it. The stories, everything that happens, uh, the brand new podcast. going to be talking all types of musicians, not just reggae, but mostly reggae, because that's how we do. And we're going to be just exploring what it takes, because being a musician is probably one of the highest callings. It's one of the most lovely things to do, but it's not all roses, you know, so we want to explore really the, the passion and the intensity that it takes to really do this. And right now, for my first episode, I was wanting and insisting on getting this artist, artist that I've been following for a long time, artist we've been doing stuff together for a long time, and I really, really endorse this artist, and I think it was only fitting to have the one and only Bobby Hustle for the first episode. Bobby Wagwan! Yo, 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 Marco. <laughs> yes, I Nice yeah. introduction, man. Thank you very much. Big up every time, a, Star. A pleasure to be here with you on the road again. Yes, man, as always. Up, up, up. Yes, man. Well, Bobby is one of the most prolific artists of the reggae fraternity and um, man for about the past decade, decade plus here, putting out just a consistent stream of tunes, doing shows, constant, constant movements. One of the harder, hardest workers in the biz. So I'm so stoked to sit down with you, man, and, and uh, have this conversation. So clearly you've got a uncurable case of reggae myelitis. I do. And when, <laughs> when was this diagnosed? <laughs> I do, and I'm not ashamed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it started probably when I was like 10 or 11, 12, like those early years. Um, I grew up in Seattle listening to all different types of music on the radio, and my mom had a really, really eclectic taste in music, so I was hearing tons of different styles, but I got into reggae um, probably off of the little ska wave that was happening right. in the in the mid-90s, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I went from artists like uh, Sublime and Real Big Fish right. and Less Than Jake and and Mighty Mighty Boston's and, and those type of artists to, uh, to Roots Reggae. Yeah, um, and then once once me and the homies like caught into that, right? Caught into that wave, we just pretty much never jumped off it, you know? Right. So, flash forward a couple decades. Yeah, it's crazy, man. That that music bit so many of us, and it's interesting to see the the kind of children of that music because there's there's people in who are doing ska, there's people who are doing reggae, there's people who are doing hip hop, there's people who are doing punk rock. It's that's kind of shot off so much from that with third wave Scott, I guess, kind of, you know? Absolutely, man. It's wild to see the progression of how music has evolved over the last 20 years, like particularly here on the West Coast in the U.S. Right. Well, not just the West Coast, but the whole U.S., um, the the American reggae scene. Right. You know, and like what that actually entails is such a, an interesting infusion of this like mid-90s ska wave and, and punk vibe absolutely it was most of what we are hearing right now is super informed by that yeah by that era which is uh interesting because when when we were kids we like first got into it from that but then our our focus i'm talking about me and the right. homies in seattle our focus 
like shifted to the Jamaican mm. sound, you know. So we were like drawing more. Most of my uh, musical journey has been drawing more influence from the Jamaican sound than from the American ska sound, cool. and and I w- I would say that that kind of separates me and you actually, you know, right? Not separates, but sort of um, informs our approach. It certainly you know does. I mean? Because not everyone necessarily gravitated to the Jamaican side of it. Because there's so much going on in that music. You know, you could go the, the hip hop route. You could. There's a, a load of stuff that you could. Uh, yeah, there's so many influences that. for sure. Um, that that those guys in the '90s were drawing on when they were taking Jamaican rhythms and, right. and popularizing them to a whole different um, sector of music listeners. You know? Right. So, yeah. which is such a such a service to humanity and to music, you know, in general. You know, like to. You're yeah. smart as that, you know, this this fifteen year old kid might never have heard, you know, like to be hearing people like Supercat and Sister Nancy and alongside influences like Bad Religion and the Ramones and you know, it's a I mean, I guess now I'm even thinking of, you know, Bradley Nolan Sublime and uh because they specifically churned out so much uh just kind of mixture of styles, you know, that uh who, so who were because Bradley turned me on to I think Supercat is why I mentioned that. But who were yeah. who some of the first artists <clears throat> now getting away from the third wave of ska? Well, um, actually, yeah, I would say um, artists like uh, Bob Marley. It sounds cliche to start with that, but it's true. Um, Peter Tosh. And then I started getting to artists like Israel Vibration and Steel Pulse. And from there, it jumped. Um just through a couple connections I had, we ended up uh, getting exposed to artists like Luton Faya and John Mason and, and Capleton and Sizzla and um, Norris Men. And then we went back and learned about Garnet Silk. And then, you know, just right. like once you discover the tree right. of Jamaican music, I mean, I'm still learning. It's, you can you take know? it to a lifetime, yeah. It's amazing. Just the amount of talent that came out of that island. It's crazy um, to see. And it still comes out of that island. But yeah, the music is amazing. So um, from there, you know, everything that I mentioned so far is like roots music. Right. You know, um, so I, my foundation is that. And then I branched out and learned more about dancehall culture and dancehall music and Jamaican culture in general. Um, I think the more you know about Jamaican culture, right. the more you can appreciate it dance all culture absolutely you know? um so yeah that's that's kind of was the foundation for what you would hear right when you listen to bobby hustle right right where did did hip-hop play any any role in that or like uh before the dance hall or was dance hall to be honest it was a it was a minor role i mean mm. when i was when i was younger of course i was hearing hip-hop on the radio and things like that um but i didn't gravitate to it the same way my heart just like right took on to the rhythm, you know, to, right. to the reggae beat. And there I'm, I'm a pretty stubborn person. Um, and when I get into something, mm-hmm. like I really get into it. Right. I, I have an addictive personality. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, basically I, I got into it and, and just started like submersing myself in. Right. Is that even a word? Submerging? I'm not right. sure. <laughs> we um, made it right here. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, uh, I got hella into reggae right. and just spent like 12, 13 years being really single-minded about right. reggae music, which right. um, 
you know, um, has its positives and, yeah. its, and its negatives. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, I did that for a while, and then I started branching out again. Now I'm a fan of all types of music. Right. I can find something that I like in pretty much anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy because reggae is such a composite music in weird ways that has taken so many uh, outside genres and influences to make reggae. And mm-hmm. then, so it's kind of if you're a real, real lover of reggae music, the logical progression is to like start checking out all the, the parts that came together to make it, you know? For and, sure. And reggae is also kind of one of the musics that keeps continuing to influence. I mean, now it's like even, you know, there's Sean Paul's, you know, on tracks with, you know, do a lipa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there's Some there's crazy pop artists major it right now. Yeah, right. Which is I mean, and it, and it keeps seeming to influence other genres, not just pop, but like uh, reggae. I mean, uh, rock and other genres. You know, bands like Magic have the tune that put them on was a reggae tune. You know, they're not yeah. even a reggae band. That's their only reggae song. Yeah. What do you think it was with um about about reggae specifically that just I mean, because it's so hard to pin down, but I know you mean exactly like you know just like getting head over heels in love with with this specific genre of music do you think it was the the beat or the rhythm the uh content the i mean there's so many things you can latch onto in reggae it was all of that yeah right i mean it sounds simplistic but yeah it was it was all of that man i i gravitated to a lot of the Sufferation tunes and the and the spiritually minded tunes mm-hmm. um, from a young age. For some reason, I didn't grow up in a, a form of sufferation. Really, you know, I come from a middle class family. I grew up with my mom and my brother, right? Um, and uh, you know, so I, I I didn't go without food or anything like that. But I've I felt these tunes coming from the ghetto i mean anybody that really listens to it can feel the soul right right you know can feel the soul and i was one of those people that felt it and and just started exploring it more and more and more and learning about the culture and yeah i mean i really can't explain it dude yeah no that's that's beautiful it's in really it's i think that the most of, of the folks that are kind of in this with us you know that just love love reggae music it's really hard to pin that down. You yeah, know, I, I think one thing that's unique about my situation, for sure, um, and probably a lot of people in the, in the scene, I, I guess, um, maybe could relate to this, but I grew up with other kids that mm. got into reggae as well. Oh, okay, so yeah. we had like a little clique of you know, people discovering music on their own and then sharing it with them. Right, okay. Being like, yo, check out this artist. Yo, check out this artist. Oh, have you heard this song? Well, what does that mean? You know, right. like learning about things like that. And so um, you, you're familiar with um, with these guys, but um, your audience, you know, would probably uh, like to know. I'm talking about uh, Michael Gore and Dan Grossman from uh, from Loud City. Yeah, Dan and M- Dan and MG um, in Seattle. They're producers right now that have worked with everybody from Chronics to Collie Buds to Capleton to Sizzla. I mean. You name it, they've they've worked with Mr. They're, they're blowing up. They're, they're just yeah, um, straight up, and they're well talented producers. And they're my homies from when I was like eight or nine years old. So we all grew up together. Um, and they're actually who gave me my first introduction into the game, into wow. releasing music. You know, because they <clears throat> they started working with some different producers here and there, um, Delhi Ranks, Breadback, in Jamaica, Big up. and. Uh, 
yeah, big up breads, big up deli. And they, you know, started producing rhythms alongside them and, and sending files back and forth. And then there was rhythms coming out and they put Bobby Hustle alongside, right. you know, Luton Fire and Sizzla and Deli Ranks and all these veteran Jamaican artists. Right. And this was back in 2010 when, um, I don't know, I, it, it wasn't like you had Collibuds and Gentlemen and Alberosi. Right. You, you didn't see a lot of like people getting featured on right on on big Jamaican production. So it was it was a it was a especially cool, from the US, you know. Yeah. Particularly, yeah. So it was a it was a really cool introduction into into the business that way. Um, and over the years I've since been featured on like sixty different yeah. rhythm. I mean, you're maybe six, certainly one of the most plus, prolific yeah. artists in this game, you know? <clears throat> Which is which is a really dope thing. Um in terms of recognizing the Jamaican side of the culture and right. in, in the industry and things like that, but that hasn't translated particularly into the yeah US, into the U.S. world. It's I mean you it's know? roughly our it's almost adjacent to our like remix culture, but the whole rhythm culture hasn't completely stuck here in the U.S. It doesn't seem like it's there's for sure pockets certainly pockets all over the country of people that are that are stoked on it, but I'm talking like mainstream right right. Um, yeah, so that 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 was like I said, super dope, and I'm forever thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're still they're still working. I'm going to check them next week in Seattle um, for the holiday, and uh, yeah, so we're gonna do some more work. But um, I worked with them for like four or five years, right? Straight doing it, and then I started touring, and um, then I. Ended up going to Europe and and doing my first European tour, 2015. Right. And then after that, I went to uh, Costa Rica. Right. And you know that's a whole other story. That's but, a whole. We'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I went to Costa Rica and ended up sp- spending two years there. Right. Um, and then I came back at the beginning of this year and have been getting my feet back underneath me and started touring again. Right. Linked up with Mystic Roots and. Uh, yeah, so we're happy to have you, man. We're happy to rock with you every single time, Bob yeah, Big. So I'm giving thanks. I'm I'm back in the scene and I'm pushing the dream, my man. So you, it sounds like you were brewing. You had your studio. You you kind of germinated in the studio, in a, in a strange Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Come voicing rhythms, um, which is such a nod to just the Jamaican tradition of just voicing rhythms. I was a studio rat for sure. Right. Um, there was a period of time when I lived at the studio. Wow. Um, I had quit my job and was just trying to be real simple, real frugal, you know? Right. And uh, I had a air mattress that I slept on that had a hole in it. So I was like constantly duct taping that shit, trying yep, to, that's what I'm trying talking to about. make it work, you know? But it was, it was great, man. Um, and that was at the time when I started touring more. So I didn't really have like... A steady enough schedule that I could hold down a job. Right. So, I had, before that I had been working at a restaurant, um, doing my thing at a restaurant for a couple years, uh, a few years, and uh, yeah. So I left that and just started kind of the touring nomadic life. Right. And and yeah. So I left Seattle um, in 2015 for this European tour, and since then I haven't really spent much time and i remember that tour because i remember i was we just got to rammstein germany 
and I'm chilling there, just kind of getting my stuff in the hotel room, and I received my first ever Facebook call, which I didn't know was even a thing. It hadn't been up until that point. And I look at my phone, it says, Bobby Hustle, and you're in Italy. And I think I was in, or no, you, maybe you weren't even in Germany at the time. Because, I might have been in Berlin, yeah. Yeah, I think you were in Berlin, and we were trying to figure out ways to hook up, man. And uh, I think I, I got to Greece, I was at my grandma's house, and you were in Italy. We were back and forth, man. And right. It was super sweet being out on the road together, out in another continent, putting an ocean behind us. And being on separate tours, you know, like being like, yes, like artists from the West Coast are out here working, man. Like, yeah, for sure. What was that tour like? Uh, it was cool, man. And also shout out Jason. I, I, uh, Jason every time. I was uh, over there probably with him in Italy when I was checking for you. Um, I think but, that was with you guys, yeah. But uh, it was great, man. I did in 2015. I released my debut album called It's the Hustle. In, independently produced uh, pretty much entirely by Loud City, but shout out Royal Order Music in San Francisco and Bizarre Records in Italy. Right. Um, they were involved in the project, and uh, I released that and went on the European tour and did like eight or nine shows throughout Germany, right. and then uh, went to Italy and did four shows, and I did a show in, in Warsaw, Poland. Right. It was it was. Uh, awesome experience super dope and uh yeah um at that point i um had like a bunch of things bubbling and a bunch of things planned um but i got sick when i was in italy it was towards the end of the tour i actually had to cancel a show in switzerland and a show in holland um and i got pneumonia uh in both of my lungs and was in the hospital in Italy Wow! for um, four days, something like that. They didn't know what was wrong with me because I wasn't responding to the drugs they were giving me. Right. So they were super worried, but um, it ended up being diagnosed as some terrible form of pneumonia. Uh, and that was in August. Right. So it was really strange. Um, I think my body was just worn down from touring right. and pushing and, you know, being my own manager, my own yeah. booking agent, my own, you know, up, apart from the music production, which is a huge thing, you right. know, I was handling my shit myself, yeah. you know. So <clears throat> I was I was run down and I got sick and then I had to cancel the rest of it and I flew home and had to cancel a bunch of California shows because I was had planned to just go straight from Europe to a West Coast. Right. Uh, it's the Hustle Tour, you know. And uh, so I canceled some of that, and the doctor in the U.S. told me to take three to six months off, and I took three weeks off, and then just picked the tour back up yeah. and kept going. And uh, and then, yeah, I went to Costa Rica in January of the following year, so right. I, was, I was moving, um, and the universe told me to... To stop. Yeah. Well, that's and so it's crazy because I know how that. There's a couple things I want to touch on here because I know that talking about that obsession, kind of like that, just head over heels, reggae myelitis kind of addiction. You know, like I mean, I think even on that tour when we were out there together, I had a broken, uh, two broken ribs, and was told not to go on that tour by my doctor. But of course, one of the tour anyway. So like, where's what's going on in your mind? This must be like heavy, heavy emotions. You're in Europe. You're crushing these lifelong goals, and now you're in a hospital. And yeah, what's wrong? Like, what, what's the emotional game there? Because that's—I mean, you can imagine it's yeah. like you were like on a high, like living your dream. Yeah. Holy shit, I'm making this happen! Like, I, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. And then, you it know, just, 
a few days later you're like sitting there with an IV in your in your arm yeah. like and the doctors are speaking to you in Italian and they have somebody like telling you translating a little bit you know I got lucky because I was in a really like a good area of, of Italy to get sick at a nice hospital right, right there so um, but yeah I, I was terrified and also like doubting like damn is this is this the universe telling me right. like what are you doing Right. You know, so um, and, th- and that's going through your mind then because I know that on this path and that's what Engine Fifty Four is all about is the path that you know we all walk you know doing this pursuing our passions and so what's that you know in the moment what's that doubt feel like look like taste like well it's, you know that doubt is every day yeah yeah I guess that is the it's just times like which that that really why focus I, it I guess which is why your your analogy to a train Engine Fifty Four which you I mean you explain as the right. Is the uh, the old rail train in, right. in Jamaica that used to take people around? Um, that uh, that vibe of like not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring or what next week's going to bring, or you know, you, you have your highs and your lows, and like if you can't find the beauty in that, yeah, then you can't you can't do this anymore. You right. know, and we obviously we struggle with that all the time. So when I was sick. In Italy, like canceling shows from my fucking hospital bed. Right. I was like, "What the fuck?" Right. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, um, I got better. I went back to I went back to Seattle, um, chilled out for like I said three weeks, and then picked up the tour again. But was trying to be like real good to my body. Right. I lost a bunch of weight, so I was just trying to eat, and you know, I didn't smoke anything. Didn't you know? I just try to drink water but I was still performing I wasn't performing at my best at right. all um, but I had shows and I was trying to promote this debut album right, right so got work to do so that's like your mind's probably just torn you know yeah I mean so I did that and then um, yeah I mean the same that same feeling of like wanting to push on right is what kept me going I went back and I played in Texas I played New Orleans I played uh, Rhode Island and Massachusetts and yeah I just did a bunch of other shows and then kept like pushing the pedal to the metal and went went down to Costa Rica for what was supposed to be six shows Right. and then after the fourth show um, we got uh, pulled over in the car I was in and then uh, unbeknownst to me, we were traveling with a couple pounds of weed, um, and uh, yeah, we got arrested. And then the cops did like a really shitty search, and they ended up uh, trying to like rationalize um, their inept fucking abilities by pinning uh, one of the pounds on me. Um, wow. And so I ended up getting charged with drug trafficking. And I was released from jail, but I had to surrender my passport and my phone and my wallet and ended up living with a family down there um, in Costa Rica. Is the family you knew? I didn't know them previously. It was the family of the, there was three of us in the car. Um, One of the dudes was the driver, was the one with the weed. Um, And he was doing whatever he was doing with it. I didn't know. I had no idea because he had brought me down there to to do these shows. And I don't, I'm from Seattle. I'm from the West Coast. We don't got to travel for good weeks. I'm not, I'm not going somewhere to smoke. Right, right. I was going there to do music. So I didn't even think about it like that. But of course we do reggae, we do music. It's around. I mean, it's around. So I wasn't like preying the situation like that. Right. 
Um, which I mean, to your defense, like why would you? You know, because I mean, you get into cars all the time to go to shows. Like it's it's what we do. You know, yeah. Like, so no reason to. It turned out because we were driving across the country that um, basically, like the cops in the line of questioning before they even found anything, they were like, "Okay, so where are you guys going?" And the dude was like, "Yeah, we're going across the country um, to the other side of the country for a show tomorrow." Then flash forward like three minutes or four minutes, they find the weed and then they're like, oh, okay, so you were taking this like vacuum sealed fucking high grade across the country in quantities that could be assumed to be larger than fucking a personal amount. Right, right. Because it's not illegal to smoke weed there. Okay. You know, you can you can burn your little spliff, but you're, you can't travel with big packs right. and say that you're going from one place to the, to the next and, right. you know. We didn't have a lot of money on us at the time, so it wasn't like that. But, um, yeah, they arrested us. I sat in a jail for three days, and then the court let me out. Um, but I had to live with this family. It was the kid, the, the third kid in the car. Um, the prosecution uh, actually let him out a day before because mm. they was trying to make him flip on us okay. and say that we that uh, that it was our weed or whatever. I don't know how that would have worked out for him. For right. them, but But he did it. He didn't do it. Um, they let him out, and he told him to fuck up, to fuck wow. off. Um, and then uh, his family basically uh, talked to the the public defender that was defending me um, in the first arraignment hearing, and they agreed that like if if it's possible, where he surrenders his passport and his wallet and his phone and anything that could make him leave the country, right. then. Uh, he can live with you. So I moved in with this family and lived in uh, a nice little Costa Rican, like super modest home with like seven people in a in a three room house, you know, um, for for six months. And then um, I lived for another six months uh, after we realized that the it wasn't going to get solved quickly. Like the lawyers told me that basically the um, if I if I stayed and fight it that most likely I, there's a really, really good chance that I would be found innocent okay. because the evidence against me was total BS and right. there was a lot of holes in the in the prosecutor's argument because what he accused me of didn't happen. The cops said that I threw it back out of the car. Right. So he was like, if this has to go to trial, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident we can get you off, but the catch is that it's going to take two to three years. Oh my gosh. So... You have to be willing to to work with me. We're going to try everything we can to get you uh, access to be able to leave and maybe come back for the trial, which obviously, you know, do the math. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so he said the catch is that um, if, you, if you do try to run and you get caught anywhere between here and the U.S., they can send you back at their own discretion. Oh, man. Because um, I don't have no passport, you know. Right. Uh, they can send you back at your own discretion, at their own discretion, and it's automatic 20 years. Oh, my gosh. No ifs, ands, or buts. No questions asked. Oh. Just no trial. You ran. Boom. So you're weighing all your... This is just hitting you. You're and if I had made this. it back, yeah, all this was like going through my mind, like, what do I do? Oh, and this God. was like a daily thing. Yeah. I, I ended up being there for 22 months, but oh, I, I waited... Uh, and we had the trial, and I went through the trial. It was a it was a two day experience, um, and at the end of the two days, they found me not guilty. And um, yeah, I mean, I could talk about this forever, but right. I also could 
totally not talking yeah, about right, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all good. Um, right. But yeah, it taught me a lot about patience and a lot about perseverance and a lot about that question that you originally asked, which is like, what am I doing? Right. Doubt. Why am I doing this? Am I on the right path? Right. What is the is the universe trying to tell me something, or does the universe even tell people anything? Or is this all just like because it just happened, right? You know, like, and I'm I'm kind of, you know, everybody says you know everything happens for a reason, mm. but <clears throat> when bad things happen to you, yeah, that doesn't make sense. No, it's hard to wrangle with you that, you know. So I'm more like these days. I don't think that everything happens for a reason. But everything happens, and it's up to you to find the, yeah. the lesson. And, right. You know, so I spent 22 months trying to find the lesson every day of right. like, wow, should I run? Should I stay? Do I really love music enough? Where you know, because my dilemma was like, fuck, if I if I go back um, and I make it back, then I'm in the U.S., which is a pretty decent place to be, mm-hmm. but it limits me in terms of where my audience could be in yeah. the world and do I want to just be for the for my career and an American only artist yeah. that you know can't travel at all and heaven well, forbid so young, anything happens want I want to yeah I yeah. want to be able to travel I love to travel I love to see the world right. that's part of the beauty of being a musician absolutely you know yeah. is you get to go share your your passion with other people in different cultures right. and, and learn all the time so yeah, I, I just weighed those options and decided that it was worth it for me to stay and fight it so that I could get my passport so that I could travel free and clear and not have any not have any issues like if I get, you know, stopped in Amsterdam or right. something, they can't just pull me over and then have the international police be like, Oh, you have an outstanding drug yeah. trafficking charge in Costa Rica. I'm not gonna get I don't like the busy. look on your yeah. face, so I'm gonna lock you up and right. if I call them and they say they want you, I'm gonna send you over there. Right. You know? And that's automatic twenty. That's like what happened so, to Busy Signal. They flagged him in uh, yeah. UK on his way back to Jamaica. Yeah, man. I mean, and Busy ended up um, serving nine months. Yeah. You know, but he had previously been living for years under an alias. Yeah. You know, like because of that same fear. Yeah. Which I don't know what that did know. to his brain how I mean, you God bless him yeah he's, he's such an amazing artist and i rate busy signal to the fullest absolutely a big inspiration for sure and like yeah i mean that's just so amazing and impressive that he went he went through that and yeah. now came out the other side and is doing you know just busy having, signal just again. even better busy signal yeah. than he even had and yeah i mean it's it's crazy because i mean that the time on the run was probably the most stressful hectic time but uh, you know, I saw a press conference with him after he did the nine months, and um, he said he wouldn't wish it on his worst enemy. You know, just even that nine months. I mean, in Bro. a culture that bigs up like, oh, you know, yeah, like I did a ten stretch or this and that. It's like, no, man. Like, here's one of the biggest, baddest artists. I, in the I world. never, I never heard that, but that makes me rate him even more because yeah. that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Um, to a degree, like I had to, I had to, like deal with somebody that had got me in trouble as an innocent man. And this guy, you know, was doing his thing with, with his packs and didn't tell me about it. And then, you know, just through the circumstances, basically like 
when he had an opportunity to claim that shit in the beginning, he didn't. Mm. You know, he was thinking that his lawyer was going to get us off on a technicality wow. and shit, and that didn't happen. So in the and moment, the night of, he could have just claimed it. 100%. And this could have happened. That really not even ever occurred. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't. And so I, like, in the beginning of this, of that whole ordeal, I was, like, you know, cursing his name at night. You know, yeah. like, fuck, why am I here? Right. I had to cancel a ton of things that I had planned for right. 2016 and was just, you know, considering, like, what has the universe done to me? Yeah. Um, so I I was, like, super upset with 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 him like obviously i mean hatred is a strong word but i was getting towards sure. hatred like fuck this guy yeah, you know man. he's 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 derailed my train yeah you know and uh and over the course of time i just realized that like carrying that kind of grudge and and negativity on your shoulders yeah. towards somebody else is is actually more of a detriment to you so um you know in the end when when we were freed because he ended up getting off too like wow. we were all found innocent everybody all three of us in the car got, were were tried um with uh, either drug trafficking or um you know abetting drug trafficking right, right. Or, or whatever it is um, um accomplice to drug trafficking right. so uh he ended i testified the third kid in the car testified the two of us had the same story pretty much you know we were just in different seats in the car from what happened um and then the the guilty guy testified and told the whole truth wow on the stand he told the whole truth so um you know he didn't have to do that and he yeah. and he basically um in a way like sacrificed himself he realized it was yeah. his mistake like he felt guilty like i like that the humanity yeah that was insane wow. and it was super dope because the the two cops that arrested us both testified one of them said um you know it was 22 months ago and i honestly don't remember but i i do remember the gringo was on this side of the car not that side of the car mm. and then the other cop testified and he was like no i absolutely remember the cop who wrote the report and framed me wow. was like still on his bullshit 22 months later like no wow covering it up like no i remember he did he he was on this side of the car which was contradictory to right. what the other cop said and then the lawyers just like dissected wow. the, the the lying cop's argument because the other cop just w was honest about it. He was like, nah, what I do remember is this and I never saw the door open. So, you know, that conflicted with the other cop who said that I threw a package out of the door right. um, while we were like getting pulled over. Um, so there was just all sorts of uh, discrepancies in the story. What a And they have that same the same laws like right. um you know without uh with any reasonable doubt right gotta throw it out you know, yeah so they they let everybody go and that's amazing yeah it was amazing and so and how are you feeling about like what's going on in your head when you're like basically being shawshanked you know like you're an innocent guy you're sitting in the courtroom you're listening to someone explain something that you know in your heart isn't true like what's going on i mean we talked about you know, patience and just, but like what, I mean, in that courtroom, what's your mind going through, man? Um, you know, it's hard to, to really say I was thinking of everything and nothing at uh, the same time. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I was sweating, but I was cold. 
Right. You know, and and I was just trying to breathe deep. I was thinking about like, please don't let this be my future. Right. To be sitting in a Costa Rican jail for something I didn't do. Um, you know, I have too many things that I want to do with my yeah. life, and I feel like <clears throat> I feel like I did a. Um, I did. A, I've done a lot of stupid shit. You know, every a lot of us have sure, done a lot of stupid have, shit. Um, and and so this was time for me to slow down and mm. and think about life and what do I really want? You know, right. um, which is crazy because the more you know time you have to think about it the more questions you end up yeah, having yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah I, uh, I in in the courtroom i was just praying i mean i was praying to the universe yeah. praying to whatever you want to call right the energy yeah god allah job whatever you know right. i was praying um and uh when when they when they came back with the verdict we uh I was sitting there. I had a, I had my lawyer on one side, and I had the translator on the other because I don't speak Spanish well enough to right. represent myself in a legal setting. Yeah. You know, um, so I had a translator there, and she was like, and the judge was talking to me, like telling the verdict and everything. So I had um, Spanish, like from the judge. Then this girl was translating into legal. Oh, man. Uh, so legal English, but it was step. like totally, you know, I mean, legal right. English is different from it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So she was just using a bunch of um, Spanish words with an English accent. And um, so I was trying to figure out what she was saying. And then um, my lawyer was talking in my ear as well. And so I like took a second for me to realize what had happened. But my lawyer just grabbed my arm and was like, yo, we did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. And, you know everybody it was the same verdict for all three of us like i said so we all had everybody had a lawyer representing them wow and uh so the whole place just turned up loud and yeah fucking, bad thing people started hugging and right smiling and yeah just life man just rejoicing and then we went outside it was so ironic man we went outside from the courthouse and we were all rejoicing in the street and we look across the street and the the police officer who had accused me was guarding the ATM, um, you know, across the street that night, you know, because wow. he had testified the day before. Right. But the next, the next day, his position just happened to be guarding the ATM right across the street. So he saw us all come out, wow. rejoicing, which means that he realized that um, that the judge didn't believe him. Wow, you know, so. But it's Costa Rica, so who knows? Probably nothing will happen to him. Right. But he definitely, definitely lied on the stand. Oh my and, gosh. And and tr just tried to save his own um, misconduct, you know? Right. Just tried to tried to sweep that up. But, yeah, I made it. So then I came back and was was super motivated to, to get back on the grind. Right. Um, but I came back with nothing, you know. So um, this this year now is November. So in, in, so this is your the the verdict was in that was December, the end of last December year, okay. last year. So I've been back since January. Since so January 2018. Yeah. And man, and so yeah. how has has 2018 just been like the freshest breath of, of fresh air of just like after dealing yes, with that? Like yes, for sure. Every I mean, every single day I have a moment where I just sit back and right. like just it puts things into perspective. Right. You know, in such a way. And and I know that obviously there's you know, 
one one hurdle just leads to the next hurdle. You know, right. you jump that and you got to jump the next. So, right. Right. knock on wood, nothing nothing terrible goes down right. soon. But life is life, and and you got to learn how to take it in stride. So, right. I I came back and um, yeah, I needed this, I needed some money. Yeah. So you know, I started doing my little hustle and figured things out, and um, I did a couple tours. I released an EP, I released a music video, a couple of lyric videos, um, like 14 or 15 songs total this right. year. So I feel good about um, the amount of material that came out, um, and I feel good about the material itself. Um, I've just been trying to pick up the pieces, you know, right. and, and, and start again, because you can imagine from you're touring and and being really active and 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 traveling and playing a bunch of shows and then all of a sudden you're just off the map for 22 months because right. it was a it was a drug charge so right. <clears throat> i actually wanted to like delete a bunch of the the video content that, right. I, that i have out there um and my lawyer like tried to uh, tell me that it was okay like we're not going to bring light to any of that obviously right. but um this isn't about that. It's about it doesn't have anything to do with the okay. music. You know, the, the real context that yeah puts um, either way. I mean, it wouldn't help. Surely, let's just put help. it that yeah. way. If they saw the Kush Morning video, that yeah. would it would not help my cause. Right. Um, so I I just didn't promote anything. You know, I had that big song with uh, the movement. Yeah, uh, Habit 2016 uh, featuring Collie Buds and Bobby Hustle. Huge. I could that came out two months after I got arrested and I, I couldn't perform it or promote it or yeah. touch it just because oh, just man. the content it wasn't and it wasn't even like a super explicit song it was just right. I don't I don't want to jeopardize this in any way at all you know? yeah so I turned into I went from being pretty out there pretty active to being like a hermit just right. trying to like watch my back and make sure I didn't get pulled over or stopped by another corrupt cop in right. Costa Rica while I was dealing with it and at first I thought it was going to be a couple months you know it's like okay we're going to have a pre-trial hearing and they're going to realize this whole thing's bullshit and they're going to let me go home that happened they just passed the buck to the next oh, judge man. said no and they kept going up the ladder uh, and you know my family from the US was trying everything they could right. you know and I would go to the embassy because I was allowed to go around in Costa Rica. Right. I just didn't have any money. Right. And I didn't have any trust for public service, you know. Right. Um, so I uh, I went to the U.S. Embassy and they were like, uh, at the embassy, they, they told me like, um, yeah, we, we can't do anything for you because you've already been processed into the system. Right. Um, so the best we can do is give you a booklet of potential lawyers that you might pick um, but we can't advise you on which lawyer to choose or anything like that. You just got to figure out like what you want to do, and, um, and we can we can we can issue you a temporary passport, but your name is on the no-fly list. Mm. So you, if you go to the airport and they scan your name, like you're instantly arrested. Yeah. Oh, so they're not just not gonna let you fly. They're gonna arrest you for trying to flee. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! Yeah, so it was like I didn't, I didn't go. Once I, once wow. I realized what that situation was like, yeah. I kind of had to unpack my suitcase Get at coffee, that point yeah. and figure out how I was going to make the best, make the most of it, right. you know. And um, so I, I was living in Puerto Viejo, which is a, a small beach town right mm. on the on the Caribbean side, right down next to Panama. Right. I mean, people go there to vacation. 
And so it was such a weird reality of like yeah. me not wanting to be there, like trying to appreciate the beauty and, right. and the wonderful culture and the people. I mean, it's like a little Spanish-speaking Negril wow. in Jamaica because of the, the the people that lived there were Jamaicans that came over okay. 100 years ago, 150 years ago, like right, a right. time ago. Um, and they live there. And, and so they, they have this blend of Jamaican and Costa Rican. Right. Latin culture, you know, um, it's a really wonderful place, man. It's beautiful. I highly recommend going. And you can't um, even touch into that though. Like, but I there. was, yeah, but I was like, not trying to go out at night because right. who knows what could happen. Um, right. All sorts of things, man. I was just trying to lay low. And you're probably not trying to book shows because you're probably not. No, because I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know who to trust. I wasn't right. trying. I wasn't trying to travel around the country at that point, man. So I spent a few months just laying low, and luckily I was able to do um, a little bit of dub plate work. Nice. And I write songs for some people, so I was I was still making a little bit of money that way. Um, they would send me a rhythm, and I put it on my headphones and right. go sit somewhere and just pen out a song i did that um quite a bit for the first few months so i was super thankful to have music right right you know to actually have that to, as a pastime to be able to to work on some stuff even though i couldn't promote the big song that had right. come out and i you know people were asking me like yo did you just go here for vacation are you ever coming back and yeah. i had to be like nah but if you want to you know holler at this person so and so they right. know a little bit more and they can talk to you about it but i can't really talk about it because wow, yeah. my lawyer was he, he was advising me ultimately just like don't advertise this because the yeah. more advertisement the yeah the it's just better to try to do this quietly right um and so yeah that's i took his advice and and did that and then i ended up yeah spending a ton of time there mm. and uh just working on music and myself right you know and and learning patience it's has Remarkable, Bobby. I'm so happy you're home, man. That you that you got out of that on, uh, yeah. on, on good terms, man. That's that's yeah. scary. Like as as a friend, as a bro, you know, like that's a really tough. I mean, you had so many, you have so many people on your side and in your corner, and it was it was really great to see during that time how many people really had your back and how many people were really sticking it sticking it with you and for sure like tons of people that didn't even know what was going on because mm -hmm. obviously after the first few months like a little bit of no Sums a, up. a rumor circulates yeah. here and there like oh you know did he get pulled over with coke or like is he having a kid or right, you know, right. all these different things <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. i heard a ton of different stuff and i was like what <laughs> no and that's not that's not what it is um but uh yeah, it's definitely not the not the yeah. fucking packs of coke. Trust me. Um, and uh, so I uh, kind of just had to realize that even though no one was there, and you know, I wasn't I wasn't talking about it. I had people that were on my side, right. you know. And I when I came back and I did a few shows here and there in California, people would come up to me and be like, "Yo, we lit candles for you." Wow, man. you know, which. Yeah, you know, it's making me smile yeah. right now. Yeah, man. thinking about it, you know, that's a, it's a beautiful thing to to, to 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 just realize that. Yeah, you know, it's all. They feel like a lot of times things feel like they're all on your shoulders, mm -hmm. but there are always people out there that are thinking of you, even if you don't think they're thinking. Right, right, yeah. You know, but it's it's interesting. It kind of takes those, you know, because everybody's got so much going on, and sometimes it's those times where it's like you. It kind of pulls everything into focus, you know, like, and 
And man, I'm just, uh, I'm so thankful. So thankful you're back. And I think it's interesting that, you know, while you're down there, because you know, you're, you're like, you're like, is this universe uh, telling me something that's yeah. come up, you know, several times through this. But, you know, what I've kind of been thinking is, that, you know, what I, what I was thinking during it, and it's easier to think this from the outside, but it's like that it's testing you, which is a perverse sadistic test to, to give to someone. But it's, it's interesting to me that you, even the, in a situation like that to where it was, you were, you were doing music, got hemmed up. And it's in a situation where you can't really go out and start playing live shows. But back to the rhythms, it's like you could do that because that's that's on your terms still, you know. So even without going and doing shows, the rhythms were still there for you. And the fact that you leaned into that kind of shows that like you just took that test and tested the universe right back in a weird way, yeah. you know? Like I mean, um, I feel I, I feel that that was. That was a, a daily choice. It's yeah. Like, well, am I gonna am I gonna fucking mope around and right, try right. to you know drink or smoke or right. you know just forget about this shit somehow, or am I gonna go sit in a studio and try to work on something? Because right. I ended up making connections. You know, I was there for a while, so right. I had people that I could work with, and I had people that I could be creative with, and I'm actually. Um, sometime in 2019 going to be releasing a bunch of these songs nah. that I was working on um, and you know some combinations with Costa Rican artists I got a right. combination with a Mexican artist uh, and uh, yeah I just was working working on music and music for sure carried me through right you know and even just having the the, the dream of like wow when I get out when I get out, yeah, not if I get out, when I get out. I had right. to always tell myself that when I get out, um, it's going to be so glorious right. to be able to get back and travel and do my thing and go where I want to go right. and share music and be creative and get in the studio with with the homies again. So you're back in the studio making new tunes right now. Just put out the uh, reggae party video back on the road. We're in the Mystic Roots tour van as we speak, as we're doing this, this uh, podcast right now. So new tunes. Um, you put out the the EP. You put, said about put about fifteen tunes out already this year, which is a, a absolute just full on pace, man. Yeah. Still putting out more. Um, and what's what are we expecting from Bobby Hustle in two thousand nineteen? Well, um, I'm relocating myself to Los Angeles and starting a band. Mad. And uh, trying to fulfill the mission that I had before I got <clears throat> locked up in Costa Rica, um, which is. Um, to base myself where the where the music is, <clears throat> excuse me. Right. To base myself where the music is really popping. Right. You know, um, Seattle's great. Seattle's always going to be a home of mine um, with family forever. Uh, but I feel like the the epicenter of the scene and of of reggae music and music industry in general is clearly Los Angeles over yeah. Seattle, um, and. I like warm weather. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to get I'm trying to get in on that. I'm gonna start a band and I'm gonna be recording a bunch of a bunch of music and trying to explore, you know, how I can grow as an artist. Because, like you said, I've been in this. I've been releasing music for eight years, um, and uh, yeah, there's got to be some growth. So I'm I'm trying to expand on some different genres right. and, and do some different styles and sounds. But it's always gonna have for me. Uh, at least a bed, bedrock influence of some sort of reggae, right? Um, some sort of uh, 
Caribbean vibes uh, in general. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to working with some of the producers that I know down there. And yeah, just getting it popping. I'm trying to do a lot more tours. I like the road. Right. You know, the road's a good place, man. And it's uh, the road likes you, I think, too. So look out for Bobby Hustle coming to a city near you. And one thing before I let you go, Bobby, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. I want to thank you for being such a good friend, chargy, co-artist, fellow, just brother. Of course. In life, in the biz, in the scene. Of course, Mark. My yeah. fellow Greek brother, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So right now, seven grams a day? Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> that's on a good day maybe, right? Yeah, that's a, it's a real good <laughs> that's day. That's a really good day. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I mean... Man, I've been, I've been, nah, I, I, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> no. Um, let's just call it four. That's a, that's a reasonable amount. That's like, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take four. Yeah. If, um, if, if you were talking to a youngster right about now who has just caught their case of reggae myelitis or what, whatever else, you know, painting, pottery, myelitis, whatever they're, you know, experiencing, what, what words would you offer them just as they as they board the engine and just head down the line, man. Follow your dream, and if the sound hits you, you know it's not gonna hurt. So right, right. Let 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 that take you somewhere, man. Music is music, and culture is culture, and and I think that you know, um, for lack of a better word, it's all just energy. Yeah. So if you find an influence from somewhere. Um, chances are that where you got that influence was influenced by something else, somewhere right. else. Um, and we live in a digital age, in a highly technological age, where you can learn about different things from all over the world. And as long as you have an appreciation for the root, and you and you do some studying and learn about the history, and 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 acknowledge the legends, right. and and pay your respect and, and homage to. Mm you know to the to the foundation of the music then follow that please and share it because the more the more different branches we have on this tree the 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 more people can eat off of it right. and, and feed and and feed people with with positive messages and good music and right. and vibes you know and love that. so i i think i think as long as long as you find um, your voice and respect the foundation then by all means you know take another dose of my lightest i love it yeah. <laughs> absolutely ladies and gentlemen before i let bobby hustle go where can we find you online if someone wants to get into the bobby universe on instagram at bobby hustle official b-o-b-b-y-h-u-s-t-l-e official spelled how it sounds um that's instagram that's facebook on Twitter, underscore Bobby Hustle, and I have a website, bobbyhustle.com. Uh, YouTube, just type in Bobby Hustle, you'll find me. And um, yeah, so I really appreciate it, Marco. Big, big up yourself, up. bro. Big up every time, family. Thank you. We're the co conspirator on this, man. Engine 54, the brand new thing, man. Yeah, Thank you so much, yeah. Bobby. Engine 54, I wish, I wish you uh, much success. Bad thing, bad thing, man. The first of many. The first of very many, man. Up. Up. Bobby Hustle, get familiar, check it out online. Want to thank him so much. We're looking forward for much great music, many great shows, many great works for many years to come. Thank each and every one for tuning in to the pilot episode of Engine 54 with the Hustle. Sherbert time, I'm out. Let's go. Choo!